Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Stars. We finish up today this little series we've been out of Isaiah chapter 9. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and get your North Star notes out. You were given those on the way in. They will be sort of our guide. If you don't use those and you use the app, go ahead and open the app up. Uh, you go to North Star Church George in the App Store, and that will be our guide as we work along this morning. Well, this is sort of the kickoff to a fun week here at North Star. We have Christmas Eve services on the 23rd, two of them, 6 and 7.15, and on the 24th, we're here starting at 1 o'clock all the way through the evening. You can go to northstarchurch.org slash Christmas, and it'll tell you all about them. How many of y'all are making plans to be here with your family and friends on Christmas Eve? Raise your hand if you're planning on being here. Good. Get here. Pick a time. Get here early. People aren't as nice as they are. You think they are, all right? You're going to be fighting for a seat. So get here early, get your parking spot, get on in the building, and don't come alone. That's my challenge to you. Don't come alone. Bring people with you. It's the one time a year that Easter people are open to going to church because they know there's something missing. They don't really know what it is. So invite them to come with you, and it is going to be a lot of fun. You know, we, we wrap up today talking about peace. We, we all would have a different definition of peace. We would say, when you're at peace, you're settled. When you're at peace, you know it's good. When you're at peace, you feel calm. You know, you think back on your life. There are so few times in adult life that you know everything's okay. Work's okay, home's okay, kids are okay, job's okay, uh, people are okay, investments are okay, world, world, the world situation's okay. That's when we're really at peace, right? And there's just so few times that you ever feel like, yeah, it's, it's all okay. We don't remember those times that we just were like, oh yeah, everything's good. Because there's always something going on. There's always something out of order. There's always something calamity happening somewhere. I remember my senior year of college and I was getting ready to graduate, found out over spring break that I didn't have a job that I thought I had when I graduated. And Ann and I were engaged and all that kind of fun stuff. And I was graduating in May. And I remember when I finally settled the job I was coming to, this is what I thought. I was sitting in my apartment in Lynchburg. And I thought, gosh, that's the last time I'll ever feel that kind of inner turmoil. Uh, yeah, okay, that worked out real well. Because life is all about stuff, right? And the peace that God gives, you can't get from anything else. A ring won't get it. A world championship ring, a wedding ring won't get it. A financial number won't get it, but yet we can find it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you are this morning, would you just ask the Lord to show you what this peace looks like, would you? Just say, God, show me what this peace looks like. I want it. Would you show me? Then would you tell him, God, if you show me, I'm willing to be obedient. I don't even know how to put my finger on it, but I, I'm willing to do whatever. Father, today we ask that you speak to us. God, we ask that you teach us. God, we ask that you walk with us. And God, we ask you to show us what real peace looks like. You said, you said 
He would be the Prince of Peace. And so if he came, show us what it means. And Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You got your outlines out. You got something to write without. There, the two verses we put in there, Isaiah 58, 8, they don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They've mapped out crooked roads and no one follows them, knows a moment's peace, meaning everybody's searching for it. Everybody's looking for it. Everybody's trying for it, but not everybody knows how to put their hands on it. Not everybody knows how to grab it. Not everybody knows what to, what to do with it. And Jesus said this in John, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. You can't get peace under a Christmas tree. You can't. You can't go buy it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't get an inheritance. You don't get to pass down peace. You just don't do it. This peace only happens these ways. So there's three ways. All right, If y'all listen quick, I'll let you out early. All right, Principle number one is peace with God. Before we ever find real everlasting peace, we have to make peace with God. Meaning this, our lives are in combat with God. Why? Because God is perfection and we are imperfect, right? So our lives are in a battle with God. We, we make mistakes, we have trouble, we're even, the Bible would say we're born with a sin nature, and so there's, a, there's this war going on between us and God, and that's why before you come to know Christ, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you achieve, it doesn't matter what, what status you finally reach, there's always, this is the way people would say it, there's always something that's missing. As happy as I should be, there's just something missing. I remember hearing an interview with Deion Sanders. He did um, the Bear Grylls deal where they went out and, and you have to spend the night with Bear Grylls and no thank you. All right, but anyway, so they're sitting by a campfire and they're having this conversation and Dion talked about wanting to drive his truck, drive his car after he won his super, one of his Super Bowls with the Cowboys. He wanted to drive his truck and his car off the bridge because he said, I wasn't at peace couldn't find peace. What he meant was, I can't find peace with God. We're imperfect. God is perfect. Look at, look at the passage there. The angel said, glory to God in the highest heaven and in peace on earth to whom God is pleased, which makes you ask the question, well, then who is God pleased with? I want you to write this little thought down, okay? We'll develop it a little bit. Those that put their faith in Jesus so faith in Christ, Christ causes God to be pleased with us. When I go, God, I can't, you can. God, I, I don't understand, but you, you do understand. And until we make that decision, and everybody get this now, it's a decision we all have to make. Nobody can make this decision for you. It is a personal decision. A grandma can't make it, a granddad can't make it, a mom can't make it, a dad can't make it. Nobody can make this deal for you. It is a personal step everybody's got to make to make peace with God. And when we make that peace with God, we get something we can't get any other way. So this past week, on Thursday, I had a phone call. It was a Zoom call with a, I do that Coach's Scouts Bible study. Every, uh, every Monday morning, 9 a.m., we had 77 coaches and scouts on a call last Monday morning. 
Well, on Thursday, I had a call with two of them. One was a longtime college coach who had a friend who was a minor league coach, and he's a scout now in, in the northern part of the U.S. And we just began to talk. And just a guy who's achieved everything the world would call a success. But there was something missing. And I, and I asked this question to him. I said, man, coach, can I ask you a question? Have you ever reached a point where you said yes to Jesus? And he just paused and he goes, no, I never have. And on a Zoom call last week, a coach, a middle-aged coach, asked Jesus in his heart last week and made peace with God. It's funny, late in the week, I got a, a text from him Friday night, Saturday, just saying, you'll have no idea. I felt like a million pounds is off my shoulders. What was he saying? I made peace with God. I, I did something. I couldn't find any other way. Look at look what Romans said. Therefore, since we've made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. It's not anything we do. We accept it, right? We can't. You, you don't go out and go, well, I'm going to leave here today, and I'm going to go work and earn it. <laughs> don't work like that. It's truly you go out today and say, Jesus, I just want what you came to give. And it's a, it's a decision that everybody who walks the face of this earth has to make at some point to go. God, you did it. I didn't do it, but I trust you. Peace with God. There was an old pastor, writer, Harry Ironside, and he said it this way. Meantime, having made peace by the blood of his cross, all who put their trust in him have peace with God. And as we learn to commit all that would naturally trouble or distress to God in prayer, peace fills our hearts, controls our lives. Peace with God. Take, take out all the other junk of this world. We make peace this way, right? That, let alone what we all go through, we're gonna talk about now. But we make peace this way. The second part is this. When we make peace with God, we get the peace of God. It's the peace of God, and that's here. The peace with God is something that happens here. The peace of God is something that is going on inside the engine room of your life. Okay, can we get it? Can we just come into it in a little agreement here? This world throws some jacked up stuff your way. Can we all get an agreement on that? I mean, it's job loss, family, marriage, death, you, you name it. And you don't get any advance warning it's coming. It just shows up and demands payment. This world is anything but peaceful. In fact, if we were to say, which word signifies our world more? Fear, anxiousness, anxiety, depression, those would be the words more than peace. Most of the people you walk by on a daily basis are not peaceful people. They are, they are in an inner turmoil with the stuff that life, just take the God part out of it, just the life stuff that comes their way. And I wrote this down in my notes and I wanna, I wanna talk about it a little bit. Peace always yields confidence. Would you write that down? Peace always yields confidence. So, this week, we celebrated Christmas 
on Thursday night. So my daughter and her husband and my son and his fiance, they all came over to the house. And because everybody's in different places on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we celebrated Christmas this past week. And so we all gathered at the house and we ate a Christmas dinner together and we opened gifts. It was awesome. And then Anne had given us all matching pajamas. So for all of you that made rude comments about my pajamas in the picture, shame on you. But anyways, I was being a team player and somebody's like, you gave up your man card. I gave up my man card 30 years ago. All right, and so don't, don't. I have a pink front door, so don't worry about it. And so that's, that's the deal I got going. So, but you remember, and so Ann and I were talking about, you know, we love adult children. It's awesome. It's great. I like the whole adult children thing. It's a great, it's a great season of life to be in. But we were talking about when they were little. And I remember Mary Michael could go so sound asleep. We would pick her up to carry to her room. And I hit her head on the wall. She'd hit the railing going up. She never moved. I'm talking out like a light. How many of y'all remember your kids being like that at one time? It's crazy, isn't it? Not, listen, not a worry in the world. She is not thinking about the stock market. <laughs> She's not worried about where the next meal's gonna come from. She's not concerned if we're gonna sign Freddie or not. I mean, she ain't even, she's not, I worry about that. But anyway, so she's not, she's not worried about that a bit. She is totally at peace that her mom and dad have everything under control. And you think about how we live. Worried, doubtful, fearful. Peace always yields confidence. Look, look with me. Paul said this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? What does he tell us? He gives us the whole prescription. Instead, do what with it? Pray about everything. Mike, even small stuff? Yep. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. When you do that, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So literally, I remember years ago, I did this illustration. I had a guy sitting on a stool, and I had a group of people circle around him, and they protected like they were facing out, locked arms, as if to signify they had a protective guard placed over him. That's the picture of this verse. God stands guard over your heart when you give stuff to him. I think we think it's a badge of honor when we own it. God doesn't want us to own it. He wants to own it. Well, I just feel responsible. Well, wrong game, right? He's the one responsible. And when, when that happens, we're in the middle of a junk storm going on around us, and we're at peace so this past Sunday night, I host a coach's couples Bible study at my house, at a packed house, and it reminded me of a story. We were teaching, and this story popped up, and I wanted to use it today. I told it years ago here. So when I was off at college, when you're in college, you're sort of oblivious to the realities that go on back home and what was going on back home. I'm in Virginia. What's going on back home is my dad's company was being sold. Now, I... Wasn't too concerned about it. I should have been. 
because dad had been there for probably 35, 36 years at this time. He's getting close to 60. And the company that bought his company was the largest printer in the world. So they printed Time, Newsweek, Sports Illustrated, all that stuff. And so he's being bought out. Well, so unbeknownst to me, my parents are, you know, like, what's going to happen? I mean, I got tuition that's got to be paid, and I was on a half scholarship, I think, at that point. So it's still a pretty good tuition that they still owed, and I'm oblivious. I'm oblivious. I'm worried about me. But anyway, so, but anyways, I, I was oblivious to what they were going through. Well, the guy buys the company. There were nine vice presidents. He fired eight of them before he even got on the ground. So this is on like a Tuesday. He fires eight of them, and the company Christmas party is Tuesday night. Now, that's something to celebrate, right? And so this guy flies in for the company party. So my dad goes to work, finds out all of his other eight guys are gone. They're gone. They've been let go. And he goes home and gets my mom, and they go back to the company Christmas party that night. He had never met the owner of the company, but he gets to meet him that night. So they're dressed, they're standing at the punch bowl, and the owner of the company, largest printer in the world, this guy's a gazillionaire, walks up to my parents, introduces himself, and said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and of course, my mom and dad said, I'm Chuck, and I'm Ann Lynch, and it's great to meet you, and then he commences to have this conversation with my parents, and I will just share with you as it was passed on to me. Mr. Lynch, I look forward to meeting with you in the morning. Well, I look forward to meeting with you too. And then he looks at my mother and says these words. I guess you're worried since I have the future of your husband in the palm of my hand. Nobody had warned him about this conversation, all right? And so this is not going well, all right? And so I, I guess you're worried that I have the future of your husband in the palm of my hand. And my mother, who was, did not care of his status, turns to him and said, well, I want you to know, you don't hold my husband, you don't hold me, and you don't hold my family in the palm of your hand, the Lord does. And whether you keep my husband or not, we're gonna be just fine. You say that. My father, on the other hand, said, I wanted to crawl under the punch table. It's like, oh my gosh, this has doomed me. So the next morning, dad goes back in for the meeting and this gentleman, the owner of the company goes, I've never met anybody quite like your wife before. And my dad's like, you have no idea. All right, you have no idea. And he ended up keeping it. I didn't tell, I saw they kept him. They kept him at the company. I think he was afraid of mom. But anyway, so I kept him there. But you know what was a picture of? Total confidence God had him. Total confidence. They had everything in the world to worry about. But she knew at the end of the day, it was gonna be okay. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. You don't know what's coming your way. You don't. In the blink of an eye, your world can change. In a blink, a phone call, a text, a doctor's appointment, but when you have the peace of God, that's a game changer. Look, look at what Jesus said in John 16. I have told you all this, that you may have peace. Look at what he says, so that you may have peace where? Help me out again. Peace where? In me. 
Here on earth, you're going to have trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You ever watched a game that you already know the outcome of? You've already seen it. You've already been there. You've seen it. So game six, Atlanta loses game five to Houston and have to go back to Houston. Oh, the Atlanta curse. It's good. We're going to lose. Well, watching the game, I was anxious. I would not be anxious watching the game now. Why? Because Solaire's ball is still flying. That's why I'm not anxious. All right. The ball goes, leaves the stadium. I know the Braves win. There's nothing to worry about. Everybody look at me. At the end of the day, we're going to win. And you're going to make it. And it does not look like it right now. And it does not feel like it right now. And it does not feel settled right now. And if anything, it feels unsettled. And there's nervousness and there's anxiousness. And it literally is the picture of God going, have a seat here. I've got you. And if it gets to you, it's got to first come through me. And therefore, if it gets to you, it must have some great purpose to it. Bad stuff's going to happen to good people and good stuff's gonna happen to bad people. Bad stuff's gonna happen for bad people. Life happens. But the peace of God, when life comes, is something you can't get any other way than through Christ. And when we have peace with God and we have the peace of God, we have number three, peace with others. This is interesting. I've never really thought about this before. When Jesus left his followers here, he left them here to make a difference. He left them here to change the world. If they didn't have peace with others, they couldn't change the world. Nobody hears you Nobody hears you when you live it like this with the world. So I want you to look with me. This is what Paul said to this early church at Colossae. I'm just gonna read through it with you and walk through it with you. Look at what he said. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must do what? What's the next word? Clothes, which means you gotta put these things on. We, we put on clothes every week. I have to go back and watch last week's message to see what I wore so I don't wear the same thing. I have like five outfits. And so I, I gotta make sure I don't wear them two times in a row, right? So I gotta put on those clothes. Look at what he says. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Time out. You wanna make a difference in this world? You know what he was saying? Listen, this is really hard. Be nice to people. Be nice to them. Just be nice to people. You want people to remember you? Be nice to them. You want people to see Christ in your life? Clothe yourself with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Can I time out real quick? I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. People are going to let you down. Did y'all know that? They're going to let you down. The drive through people are going to let you down. They're going to, don't get mad at them. They're going to let you down. Even Chick-fil-A might have to let you down sometimes. They're not going to have your nuggets. I know it's the end of the world, but they're going to let you down. 
life is gonna let you. Listen to what he says. Make, listen to what he says. Make allowance for each other's faults. You wanna change marriages? Understand that the person you're living with isn't perfect. And neither are you. Change your marriage. Moms and dads, how many of your parents? Raise your hand. Your kids are gonna let you down. They're not as perfect as you were growing up. They're gonna let you down, right? Dad, your son's not gonna come throw on the ball field like you want him to. It's okay. Make allowance. Isn't it funny what I want from others is not what I expect of others. I want people to give me an allowance. Well, he was probably having a bad day. His mind was probably somewhere else. But when they cut me off, I don't give them any allowance. Does that make sense to everybody? Make allowance for each other's faults. Why? Because if Jesus left you here after meeting him, he left you here to make a difference for him. You can't make a difference for him if you're a walk in civil war. I don't want North Star to be now, oh yeah, you go to North Star, those are the meanest people I have ever met in my life, go to that church. I want people to say that is the kindest, nicest group of people. Do you know that you can disagree with things and still not be disagreeable? Doesn't mean I condone it. Doesn't mean I agree with it. Listen to what he says. This is really interesting. Remember, the Lord forgave you Right, let's do a little universal thing. How many of you have ever done something the Lord needed to forgive you for? Raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you lied. You should have, right, that's, he needs to forgive you for that. We all have things. Listen to what he says. Above all, God, this is so good. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body, you're called to live at peace, in peace, and always be thankful. Then Paul tells the church at Rome, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So I'm in that stage of life that if it were on a school board, I'm flipping third to fourth quarter on the school board. I'm not at the beginning of my career, not at the end of my career, but I'm definitely further in than I used to be. Let's put it that way. And if I could tell you anything that I want, is I want my life to count. I want my life to make a difference for him. How do you do that? Will you live at peace with others? When everybody look at me. To live sent as a church means that we live for Jesus in a way people aren't used to seeing. If you go, Mike, I'm looking for a church that's a soapbox church and they're on different, you will hate North Star. That's not what we're about. We are about loving people till they ask why, because that's what I want somebody to do for me. I'm done. The 
world is dying to see what the peace of God looks like lived out. They're dying to see it. And maybe they'll see it in you. Would you pray with me? Maybe today for some of you, you never got past the first one. Because you're like, Mike, I have never made peace with God. I'm the coach on that call. I thought about it. It's so funny. He said, Monday, I thought about doing this, Mike, a million times. I just hadn't done it. But I can't live like this anymore. Maybe that's you. Man, you've gotten to the place you always thought you would be. You got the job you always thought you wanted. You've achieved what you always thought make you happy and it just man you're just still restless and you say today Mike I want to make peace with God I want Jesus to be in my heart can I lead you in a prayer we led this coach in that Monday or on the call last Thursday because like this dear Lord Jesus I need you would you just pray that my sin separates me from you and I need you. I believe you live for me. Would you pray that? I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And be my Prince of Peace. Would you pray that? I don't want to live another day without you. Mike, I need to do that when I clean things up. No, 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 no. You do that, and then you clean things up. He cleans you from the inside out. Mm. There's some of you today crossing home plate. There's some of you today that made that step. Welcome home. Our host in both our rooms are going to tell you what's next here in a couple minutes. Maybe today you need the peace of God. You know him there's stuff going on in your life you hadn't prayed about, you hadn't thought about, you're just owning it, you're worried, you're anxious. And today you're gonna open your palms and say, God, that's, I'm giving it all to you. Put your peace in me and around me. I'm just like a, I'm like a unsettled ocean, my heart. And I wanna be at peace. Maybe today you're saying, Mike, I'm one of those people that that verse, I don't live at peace with everyone. In fact, I expect things of others I don't expect from myself. No matter where you're at in one of these today, would you just take a second and talk to the Lord about what he has for you?